The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in the place of advice from a mental health medical professional for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. The opinions shared in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Here Comes a Thought. Um, This is uh, probably going to be one of our last few episodes before the end of season one. Ain't that right, guys? We have like seven more episodes left. Damn. That's kind of scary. So, yes, I am here joined with uh, the lovely cat. No! (laughs) And our uh, fellow uh, psychiatrist in training, John. Hey. Um, So today... We are going to be discussing Warp Tour, not the actual tour, this episode Warp Tour. (laughs) I love Warp Tour. (laughs) And we're also going to be discussing Alone Together. We're more so going to be focusing on Alone Together just because there's a lot of stuff to cover in that. And Warp Tour is really just tired Steven. Yeah. And and Peridot. And Peridot. We, We get introduced to Peridot. But I will quickly do these synopsis i'm going to try not to go in too much detail i'm gonna try not to go in so much detail with these synopses from now on and you know no need to get overly specific here we don't but, have to get a, a blow by blow <laughs> no not 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 tonight okay. uh so with warp tour uh essentially the gems are on a mission in the very beginning um steven's reacting to some allergies on their warp back to the the temple steven sneezes gets blasted out of the warp zone see something in the whole weird warp space that there that there is but the gems don't believe him um steven starts losing sleep about this because he's becoming very focused very i don't know if you want to say obsessed about it but he's so convinced that he saw something but the gems just aren't believing him and because of his lack of sleep he's getting irritable he's fighting with the gems they end up going through the warp pads going to all these different locations and they are checking everything for him making sure that uh to him that there's nothing there Um, eventually though there's like this little green ball that does get shot out of the sky and lands in their house and in the temple house and this is like this proves that steven's right you know something was there and now it's right there in the house and these things turn out to be like little machines that can repair warp pads uh, because Steven like fights it a little bit and he cracks the warp pad in the temple. It fixes it and then he follows it as it tries to warp out of the temple. So Steven follows it and then um, he ends up getting knocked out of the stream and is floating in this warp space, which is like extremely cold. Um, and devoid and of oxygen. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it would be devoid of oxygen because, I mean, he's talking fine. No, he, but he's like, s- freezing. They said it was devoid of oxygen. No. Well, then there you go. <laughs> There's no oxygen. So Steven's really cold, devoid of oxygen. He's do- He's gonna, he, you know, He's like so convinced, like, yeah, I was right. And now I'm going to die here because he's knocked out of the stream and there's no way for him to get back. But then another stream shoots up and Garnet grabs him uh, and says like, oh, you were right. I should have listened to you. You know, you're a crystal gem too. We need to value your opinions and, and what you think as well. So they end up going to the main warp zone, which has the home world warp pad, um, but it's currently broken. So all these like little robot balls that had, like Steven has encountered while he was getting while he was in the warp stream, they're converging on it, they repair it, and then enters Peridot. Peridot's kind of running through her logs, chucking 
checking up on Earth, and she starts talking about how she wants to restart the kindergarten. And from there, uh, Paradot notices the sticker that Steven placed on the warp pads a few episodes ago, uh, and she believes that the site's been compromised, leaves, and places a little thing that disables all the the machine-repairing little robots. And after, like, the gems kind of argue about what to do next with it, Garnet just makes a giant mega fist and destroys the homeworld war pad and says, she's never coming back. That's it. It's done. And that's the end of Warp Tour. So, yeah, this episode, um, if you want to really boil it down to to one theme, it's it's sort of like, you know, we had this Ronaldo episode where he had all these conspiracy theories and like we took it from a point of view of we know that that's the those comp- conspiracy theories are false. And so what happens when somebody takes that too far? And in this episode, Stephen sees something and everyone around him does not believe him. So it's sort of a a flip side of that sort of account in which. Um, there is something that's happening and nobody believes him. And what we should maybe discuss would be sort of Pearl's and Garnet's reaction. Um, because it's it's very interesting how they both sort of react to that. And yeah, so so how does Pearl and Garnet react to this um when when Steven says that he saw something? Well, Pearl is very um dismissive i you'd want to say like she's trying to um just use logic to deduce the fact that there's nothing out there no one could use the warp pants except for the gems themselves so there's no possible way anybody on earth because all the warp pads are only for the earth there's no way that um anybody could use these things and garnet's a little bit more sympathetic you know she's saying you know hey listen you know listen to pearl pearl's you know usually pretty you know you know she's smart about these things she's she's typically right when it comes to this sort of stuff with with logic and when steven still isn't kind of giving into that logic you know garnet's like okay look if it's gonna make you feel better let's go check all the warp pads we'll you know we'll do this for you and we'll show you that there's nothing out there yeah and it's hilarious that pearl just like grabs steen's Steven's head and she's like you know nobody like there's nobody on earth who could use a warp pad okay not in agreement if you agree and she just keeps looking at him like (laughs) waiting for him to agree with her right and I guess this is a, a good analogy for when you have kids and right we've always thought about um how Steven sort of deals with things and whether he's actually like acts like a teenager or like a kid and in this case it could be you, you can sort of it's like this moment when a kid sees a monster under their bed or there there's a monster in the closet and there are some parents who would try to sort of logic their way into comforting their kids but more often than not, it's actually better to have them experience that safety. And that's what Garnet does. She she says, like, you know, I don't believe there's a monster there, but it would be better if you could actually see that there's no monster out there. And that's what Garnet does. And so... um. Pearl keeps insisting that that Steven is wrong. And we also see that Pearl is sort of like... She's very insecure. And why could that be? Well, Pearl has this thing that she can't be wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think part of this is Pearl's own fear. Um, knowing that if something is, knowing that something is out there, if Steven is right, then Pearl also knows that it's something from Homeworld. Um, and they already had that fear with, um, Lapis Lazuli. Mm-hmm. So if, if Lapis made it back to Homeworld, there was that fear that she told that the crystal gems are still alive. Yeah. There's so that, f- there's that fear that there's a way for those Homeworld crystals to make it back to, uh, Earth. And now how is she, how is Pearl going to protect Steven? How is Pearl going to protect, uh, Rose again? She's going to lose Rose all over again. Yeah. So she's trying to use like logic to avoid a possible truth. Yeah. As a sort of defense mechanism. She's like, you know, um, this is, there's no way this could happen because we check stuff. And she's like checking in with herself and projecting that onto Steven. She's like, this is how you should feel because this is how I want me to feel. And I mean, it's 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 a valid fear. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, this is exactly how I would respond. It's a valid fear to have. Um, and I mean, all all fears are valid. But in all honesty, there the way Garnet handled it was, I think, the best way to handle it. Like we can go and check to see, like if these things are actually happening. Um, and I think Garnet handled it best, but. I think Pearl handled it out of fear Mm -hmm. and she She, needs it to not be, she needs something not to be there. Yeah. Because Pearl was sort of dealing with her own things by projecting it into Steven while Garnet was actually addressing Steven's fear. And so right at the end of the episode, when they see, um, well, not the end of the episode, when they finish like doing the tour of all the warp zones and, they see that there's nothing there's nothing anywhere um garnick says like oh I, at least now steven feels safer and like pearl says like yeah like now we're all happy that steven feels better and so steven gets upset because he gets tired of people telling him how he should feel about what mm-hmm. he witnessed and i guess this also sort of brings us to the idea that they don't believe steven so um, they're doing everything they can just to diffuse Stephen's uh, feelings and sort of, in a way, they're, they're sort of invalidating his lived experience. Um, and this is where it gets complicated because sometimes it, the monster inside the bed isn't there. And so it's important not to sort of validate that, um, that illusion. But um, in other cases, like in Steven's case, you know, he, he saw something and he, he feels like nobody is taking him seriously. Well, and as therapists, we always find out that the monster is always the story of something else. Yeah, exactly. And, and the sad thing is, is that they're not going for what the story actually is. And, I think what's what's sad is, and and parents do it all all the time with children is, they're telling him how to feel, and mm-hmm. this is where we see Stephen going. Okay, but I'm not this four or five year old boy. I'm you know what twelve, thirteen. I still never remember how old he is. Um, 
no matter how many <laughs> times we have this discussion because of the way he acts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, this this sort of um, telling their parents that they're he's tired of being told how to feel is a more adolescent sort of behavior. Yeah, that really is. Things. Yeah, that that truly is because this is where he's he's starting to say, okay, you can't tell me how to feel. I know how to feel. I know what I saw. And and this is where he starts to kind of stand up for himself. But then we see the kind of obsessive staying up late and the fact that he's sick doesn't help either. Yeah. Um, it started off as a cold, but then, you know, I mean, it started off as allergies, but of course he's not taking care of himself. So now he's getting sick and he's not sleeping. So, it, you know, one thing leads to another. Now you're crazy. <laughs> he's paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I just, I just I'm sorry, I just wanted to point out the nice subtle little shade that Steven throws at Amethyst. Like when he's sitting in front of the warp pad and Amethyst asks, like, hey, what are you eating? And he's like, Macaroni and nothing. Yeah. Because like the night before she just ate all the cheese packets. Yeah. And that was it. Friggin' amethyst eating the cheese, leaving us with just plain macaroni. Macaroni and nothing. I thought I thought that was that was really funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You know what? I totally missed that part of it. Looks <laughs> like, like you had to rewatch it for like the fifteenth time. Uh, for like the twentieth time, I saw this episode so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna end up being paranoid. And so um, then we have this thing where Steven follows the orb. He laughs in a very Ronaldo-esque manner when he finds out that he wasn't like imagining all this stuff. And when they come back there, there's this new character we meet, which is Peridot. Do we have anything to say about Peridot? Well, she's we don't very. Really, we don't really get to see too much from Peridot, except that she's very um, on task, I guess. <gasps> and... Uh, like she had these little robots that seemed to have some some form of like basic sentience or something and uh, she is sort of disgusted by them and she steps on them which is sort of gives us this idea that she might be a bit cruel i just think she's very cold and calculating cuz you know she's yeah. you know doing this log date stuff and and she's like giving like this status report and status update yeah. um and it's only when that when she notices that the one that she crushes is like defective, it's damaged, you know, that's when she decides to just step on it because at that point she's like, Well, you're useless if you're damaged. Yeah. At least she's not eating her watermelon babies, you know? <laughs> you right. Um and I think that pretty much sums it up, right? Garnet destroys the warp zone in a very sort of tense finish. It's like they're never they're not coming back, and it's like, what's so bad about Homeworld? This is strange. I mean, we already know there's like the gem war, but it's it would be interesting to find out later on. Well, and I think that's when we first see that's when we first see Garnet's reactivity to Homeworld. Yeah, and actually Pearls as well, because in the, the space race episode, Pearl is like super excited to show Steven a space and Homeworld. I think at some point. But now she, when she sees that there's like an established connection between Earth and Homeworld, she, her immediate reaction is fear, and and she doesn't know what to do with herself, which is interesting to say to the least. It, it, it sounds like a very complicated relationship. Yeah, you're right. 
Pretty much. So do we go on to Alone Together? Yay! Yeah, I feel like it's about time to. Okay. Um, so Alone Together is basically all about fusions. That's it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's, that is all the synopsis you need. Basically, for this episode at least. No, so in the beginning, uh, the gems are trying to teach Steven how to be in sync with them um, if he wants to practice how to fuse. The problem is, Steven can't stay synchronized. Mm -hmm. Um, He tries with all the gems, but he just can't can't keep pace, or he can't just get the rhythm right. Um, It's just... Or he can't focus. So, um, And the dances seem like ingenuine to him. Because they're everybody's teaching them their own way to dance. Yeah, and they're not Steven's style of dancing. Yeah. Um, so um after like, you know, he he kind of fails at that. Um he's with Connie on the beach and they're and he's, you know, talking about all of this and, and Connie's more so like in awe at the fact that he was able to dance with the gems because she likes dancing, but she's too self conscious about her dancing. Um, she even talks about how she wanted to go to a dance at her school, but she could never bring herself up to do it because she was scared that people would just look at her and not actually dance. So she it clearly seems like she doesn't want to be the center of attention. But moving forward from that, they uh, Stephen convinces her to dance, and they end up fusing. Like what? Um, and so after you know they show the gems that hey look we fused. Um, Garnet tells them that they're an experience and that they need to make sure it's a good experience. So the rest of the episode is um, this new fusion called Stavani uh, kind of experiencing life. You know, um, they they mess around. They go out running on the beach. uh, They dive into the water. They get some donuts. And then sour cream comes by and invites them to his rave at the warehouse so she goes there, or I'm sorry, they go there and they dance. We meet Kevin for the first time, who's a total jerk. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after having some doubts and some, you know, little bit of tension because, you know, they go to this dance, but everyone's looking at them because, uh, you know, just because of their moves, the way Stevani looks, you know, whatever the case might be, um, this causes then to feel really uncomfortable when Kevin approaches them and they end up dancing very crazily to the point where they actually manage to defuse. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Connie and Steven kind of just laugh and they continue dancing around a bunch of glow sticks that sour cream is throwing on the floor. And that's it. That's the end <laughs> of the episode. Um. Wow. Okay. I don't even know how to start talking about this episode or about Stevani. I feel like there are so many angles and perspectives that one can take when talking about Stevani alone. Um, can we start about how you totally goofed on the notes and you didn't even bother talking about anxiety at all? I'll talk about that later. No, no, you won't because you failed. You missed it. You missed it, John. That's why I put the Rebecca Sugar quote. I mean, yes, that's like the one thing you put in there, but I'm saying I'm the one who caught it. I need my credit. Okay, give, everybody give extra credit to Mark for <laughs> suggesting a discussion on anxiety, which we will get to. Woohoo! 
yes, we will. We will. We'll, 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 we'll work our way down to that. Yeah. So, um, okay, Stefani. Oh God. Okay. Um, alone together. So it starts with Steven with the gems, trying to learn how to fuse, and he just can't get into it because they're trying to teach him how to dance, and uh, he just doesn't quite fall into the rhythm or into the dance styles of each and every one of the gems. And uh, does anyone have any comments as to this part of the the episode? What, in terms of, like, the dancing? Well, the, the dancing... Okay. The dancing for me, when it comes to Steven versus the gems, was... S- the the dancing all for them seemed really sensual and Steven is Steven. Yeah. Steven is out of place, awkward, and either twelve or thirteen and But his times, mentality can his, shift to a child. Yeah, and at times I am confused on whether he's five or eight. Mm-hmm. So dancing that way with him is probably obscene. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a little too complex of dance moves for him to try and learn, you know. And they they tend to forget, and I think, like the the whole the the these, uh, the warp tour scenes, they forget at times that he's part organic, Mm -hmm. you know. So his whole allergies last time. His need for rest that drew drove him to oh man. I am so tired that I almost said drove. <laughs> Dro- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Guys, you have to excuse me. I'm working through exhaustion right now in this podcast. This is why I haven't said too much. Cat the- is the real trooper in this episode. <laughs> the realist of troopers. <laughs> This is, this is like close to 20 some odd hours of no sleep. <laughs> oh my God. So, so several, you know, so like he went to like paranoia and illness because he's poor organic matter. And now they're forgetting that he ages somewhat like a human boy and he still has and and I'm still going to go through that that thing that I spoke about previously. There's that possibility of him being stuck at where he had a trauma. So if his trauma was when his father kind of abandoned him with the crystal gems. So if we're saying that trauma happened at anywhere between five and eight, mentally, that's where he's stuck. <laughs> so now they're all doing these sexy dances with him and he's like, um, that's like doing the Lombada with a 10-year-old kind um, of gross. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I, I want to interject here. Um, In terms of, like, fusion, it's a it's an excellent sort of sex ed metaphor for kids, right? Yes. It's like mom and dad do a little, little dance and, you know, they become one. Um, And so in, in a, I think in a big way, all of the gems dancing expresses a sort of being comfortable with your own body. And it, that takes a certain amount of maturity. Um, and Steven isn't comfortable with himself yet. Yeah, exactly. 
And he has, and at this moment, he's dancing with the expectation of, you know, um, being able to fuse. Actually, you know what? I'm going to correct myself. Steven is not comfortable with himself as a crystal gem yet. Exactly. So it's completely correct that he wouldn't fuse with any of the crystal gems. But he's pretty comfortable with Connie. Mm-hmm. So when they're just fooling around and being kids and dancing, then he would fuse with her because he can, he has that connection. Yeah. And the other thing is, while these dances might be, might be seen as obscene, we also have to remember that the crystal gems have no idea how sex works and reproduction works. So they could... Watch. I think they. I think they have an idea. I don't know. I no 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 no. Um, maybe Rose did. I think Pearl has a clue. Okay, we we can. Um, I'm gonna make the assumption Pearl has a clue. Okay. Um. So yeah, let's let's shelf that for a second. <laughs> We're gonna shelf that for yeah, another episode. Digest that for a second, uh, audience. Like. Really think about it. That'll be your mantra. Does Pearl know what sex is? No, that will be your mantra. Pearl does know what sex is. Okay. Um, <laughs> Pearl probably has a toy in her forehead somewhere. Moving on. <laughs> um, but suddenly, like, Stephen is comfortable dancing in front of Connie. Right? And uh, why is this? Because he's not dancing in front of, he's dancing with. There's a difference. And the thing, another thing is, is that he's not working hard to try and diffuse. He's just dancing. Yeah. Like he's not, like, uh, you know, like an earlier when, um, you know, Steven's talking to the Jones after they've had like their little practice session, you know, Amethyst says, like, hey, you know, like this stuff's hard even for us. And Pearl, questions like well can steven even fuse like that's like for us like that's our two physical bodies like you know merging together but he's half but you know steven's half human so the idea of him possibly fusing with one of the gems is just a little something that's um you know something that's it calls into question like can can he even do it mm-hmm. uh, another thing that i wanted to point out um is i feel like the reason why it's so much, e- like it's easier for him to to dance with Connie and ultimately fuse with Connie is, you know, um, they they often say that it like fusing is something that's like very very, um, it's it requires a deep connection between the two gems that are doing it, um, and that they need to really be in in sync and in unison. And so for Steven and Connie, like their relationship and their friendship, it, it's something that becomes so close and intimate uh, that allows it, this fusion to take place. But there's with the gems, Steven's still trying to find his place among the crystal gems. And because he's still searching for this place, he's not close enough with any of the three gems, which is why it's probably harder to, for him to become in sync with, with Pearl or Amethyst or, or Garnet. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's why I feel like 
you know, given the 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 relation, the the natural friendship and relationship that is blooming with Connie, um, it makes it easier for him to be more himself, to be able to dance in front of dance in front of her. But it's also, I feel like Stephen just doesn't really have that that anxiety that Connie was talking about when they're on the beach. You know, Connie says, you know, like I said earlier, Connie is talking about how there was a school dance and she was really excited to go, but ultimately decided not to because she was so afraid that people were going to be staring at her. Yeah. And she didn't like that. Like, I don't think she feels, I think she feels like uh, not wanting to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And And maybe not just not be the center of the attention. Um, It's who's watching. I think that's very important. Because if it's Steven, she would feel a lot more comfortable. But there's this concept of like social anxiety where um, we don't want somebody else judging us. Or And I feel like that also stems from the fact that Connie, like she said, like her family is constantly moving around. She doesn't she never really had a lot of friends. Um, Steven's her first like real friend. Yeah. So like that, and that that kind of can play into her social anxiety. Like she's not sure how to necessarily interact and and talk with you know pe- her peers. Maybe to adult figures, it's you know she talks to them with, with a manner of respect. But among her peers, that's a different story. And you know that lack of friendship, and and you know with Stephen, this being her first real friend, um, and Stephen even like even Stephen like covers his eyes when he asks mm-hmm. uh, her to dance. That's like him showing respect for her saying, listen, I'm not going to look at you if you want to dance, but I would like it if you danced with me. Yeah, I, that's that's very nice. That one touch of him closing, uh, sort of covering his eyes. And I think another thing we can remember is that we've discussed previously how Connie comes from a very strict household. And I'm guessing Connie is also used to sort of internalize um this sort of um i forgot the name but like being aware of yourself self-awareness like um and her sort of always observing herself how she's being perceived and being anxious about that which i think is something that that is very key to her personality and her her fears and and personal weaknesses yeah and i feel like that uh ultimately gets uh gets really displayed here um in Stavani um once they get to the warehouse and they you know they go to uh, Sarah Cream's rave you know when they get there they they're there to have a really good time and um it's after they they dance and and they go through this whole thing and everybody's stopping and staring at them because of just how Probably most likely because of how majestic she, uh, Stevani looks. Because yeah. let's be real here, Stevani is is an is an amazing person, is an amazing dancer, is an all around amazing person, and ultimately they end up getting pulled into like this weird, like almost like hallucination or hallucinogenic like state, where like they're being cut off from everybody and then they end up getting surrounded in like this disco ball like sphere until kevin kind of breaks through and like brings them back pulls them back into into reality um and and i'm I'm assuming that this is like connie's sort of anxiety and, and like just all around like 
No, I, I guess you could just say anxiety with, uh, you know, being out in public and doing these things. And, and their guardedness. Exactly. And like it's being manifested in this way through uh, like these hallucinations, because now it's not just Connie and, and it being just in her head. Now she's she's fused with Steven. So that magic element is there, which, you know, for all we know, could could play things out differently depending on which emotional state the fusion is in. Yeah. I wonder if this is actually a hallucination or if it's like a sort of metaphorical image of if it's actually like if that's actually what Stevani is seeing or if that's just like a metaphorical representation for us the audience i mean yeah it, it, that that's something to to really think about of yeah of whether or not this is like something that's actually happening that Stevani is actually seeing or if this is just some visual that you know rebecca sugar and the artist have put, put in their head just so that way um it's easier can, for us to digest that image. Yeah, it's easier for us to visualize what exactly is going through through uh, Stevani's head. Um, but all in all, like uh, another thing I really want to play on is like the episode title is called "Alone Together," mm-hmm. and um, they touch on the, they talk about this, um, especially after that whole little bit with Kevin, and they end up walking out of the the warehouse to kind of get get a breath of fresh air and steven and connie are, are talking to one another as stevani about how you know if they were together if they were two separate people that this would be perfectly fine but because they are together but as one person it's like even though they're in each other's company they're they're still feeling that that bit of loneliness yeah um and this is something that could be played on um in all sorts of way, you know, I, there's a lot of people out there that can have that feeling of being surrounded by a bunch of people, or let's say they have a lot of friends and they have this really great social circle and support system, but they still just feel alone. And this is kind of what Stevani's going through. And, and um, this is what ultimately led me to say that, you know, maybe Stevani as a person and as a character you know, can suffer from some sort of generalized anxiety disorder, or you know, we could if we want to look even deeper into Stevani. Uh, I mean, first off, we would need more information. We need to see. We would need to see more of Stevani um, to kind of get a better idea of what's going on, because this is just sort of like an initial introduction to her or them. I'm sorry, I keep saying her, and I really shouldn't because Stevani is the first character to identify with they them pronouns. Exactly. And I need to, it's just, I don't, I need to get that out of my head. I'm, I apologize for that greatly. Um, but yeah, like, again, this is our first introduction to Stevani. And so there's not much to go on, but there's enough there that you could ease, you could draw these facts and you can tell that it's come, like, it's not, you, I mean, you could probably tell from which person it's coming from. Mm-hmm. But because of this fusion, I say that it gets amplified um, because now both of them are experiencing it. Yeah. And I think, well, taking it back to the generalized anxiety disorder, right? Um, So in terms of symptoms, and I have this in the notes, I put a picture. um, the, The main symptoms are, if you see a criteria C, it's just like the symptoms of being anxious, just like feeling restless, being easily fatigued, 
irritability and muscle tension. This is definitely something we see throughout the episode, especially at that one moment when she sort of has to take a break in in the warehouse, right? And and if you even notice, um, it even has a little note that says like you know generally with with the the section here, it says that need to experience at least three out of the six. Yeah, but only one is required for children, and technically they're both still kids. They're just it's Devani. A child, though, and I feel mm. like I feel like it's a child. Like Stevani is a child, but just a more grown-up body. So yeah. that this was always my question too, because when St- Stephen and Connie fuse, they age. Mm-hmm. Do do they though? Do you? I, I don't see really any sort of sign that they have grown up in any sort of way other than, you know, maybe mentally, like they just, they have more knowledge. So they're a little bit more mentally mature. Okay. I can but use a source like, here. But in terms of like a physical aging, I don't see anything happening other than just, you know, um, it's like Pearl stated way back with Giant Woman, how it's like essentially just two bodies mashed together so like not only is like their steven their is heights tw- and stuff like steven is 12 or 13 connie's 12 and sour cream and that group is like 18 19 20 mm-hmm. no i'd say they're they're still like i say they're like 16 17 uh, yeah i would think so i wouldn't say they're i mean they're on the cusp of adulthood um, like that but can drive teenagers yeah, so I would say at least like 16, 17. I'd say they're still teenagers. But, um, okay, so I'd really like to bring in this quote from Rebecca Sugar at this point because, um, right, it's very it's very difficult to really address whether Stevani is an adult because she has the, mild, the minds of two children, but her body is aged. And this is what Rebecca Sugar has to say about Stevani. She is a metaphor for all the terrifying firsts in a relationship and when it feels to when it feels like to hit puberty and suddenly find yourself within a body of an adult how quickly that happens and how it feels to have a new power over people and to suddenly find yourself objectified and this is something that's very important because there's no clear benchmark for human beings when you say like you're an adult now we have like rituals like um we use we have quinceañeras and like you guys have sweet sixteens, mm-hmm. and so this is like a metaphorical point of in in life where we say like oh like it's an adult now, but um that's not really how it works. Really, some of us are still like children mentally, but we cohabit the like the body of an adult because we grow up eventually, and uh, sometimes like you have these kids that are very, very mature, right? So it's not something that's very clear cut. And I think Stevani in a way is an adult because she is perceived as an adult. And so the way she acts, it it, it sort of does express a lot of um, sort of understanding of the way in which she's being perceived for the first time. And... You know, I want to take it back a bit at the moment in which um, Stephen and Stevani fuse, and they talk to Pearl and Garnet, and they're showing them like, "Hey, look, it's a fusion. We did it." And so 
Pearl's reaction. What is it? Uh, Pearl just seems very uncomfortable about the whole thing, I feel like. Um, You know, I feel like because um, Pearl views fusion as something that's only, I mean, you know, in her words, she's, you know, only for like utmost emergencies, but it's also something that's very intimate. Yeah. You know, like, it's like I mentioned earlier, how it requires the two physical forms to, to merge and become one. Um, now this is Steven and Connie becoming one. So now these two are on a whole new level of uh, closeness, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to say. Yeah. And so for Pearl, like, yeah, she's she seems a little uncomfortable about it, um, and I, I I have my own personal theories as to um, why she's so uncomfortable about it. But that comes up in later up in a later episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we we'll get to that at a different time. But um, yeah, all around she's just not. I feel like she's like on the fence about it. She she doesn't know whether to be really excited about it or like. No, 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 no. This is absolutely not allowed. Well, I think part of Pearl's... <coughs> excuse me. Part of Pearl's thing is that that fear of Stephen isn't fully a crystal gem, so he's not fully Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep making quotes with my fingers like you guys can see that. Um, so, but yeah, I think it's that whole realization that he's not fully rose. He's part, part organic. And if he can fuse with or, an organic creature, that may mean that he's more organic than crystal gem. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's that whole mortality thing, which comes into question with too many birthdays. So they already had that fear of losing Steven. So this may solidify for her that there is that possibility that they can lose Steven. Also, this is the first time that the Crystal Gems see this type of fusion happen. Mm -hmm. And Pearl is somebody that um, she needs things to be ordered in a way that she understands. And being confronted with something that she doesn't understand or something that's completely foreign and new to her might make her very uncomfortable. In the same way that a a family that is used to heterosexual relationships will find some of its members, you know, very uncomfortable when a homosexual relationship or any other type of relationship comes into the family. And this could be what sort of Pearl is expressing while Garnet is being a lot more um, accepting of it. Garnet is so super excited. Yeah. And... The other thing is like, so fusion in a way is a metaphor for sex, but at the same time, it doesn't have the consequences of sex, right? And sometimes parents can be very cautious and rightfully so when um, teenagers are beginning to explore relationships and beginning to be intimate um, with other people, even though that's a, a normal part of what growing up is. Um because right we don't want it to end up in things that have consequences like um sexually transmitted diseases or pregnancies or stuff like that um but in terms of fusion this isn't something that that we can really see a a 
bad consequence of, right? Like, is there anything bad that can come out of a fusion that we know of? I wouldn't say nothing that we know of now. Um, but um, to kind of add on to what you were kind of just talking about, um, you you kind of have you have it right here under the the donut problem here um, mm, yeah. about consent, and that's another very important thing. Um, you know, when after they get the two donuts for free from uh, Lars and Sadie, and they're sitting on the bench, um, Savani disassociates, kind of, um, and we have Stephen and Connie talking to one another in you know through Stevani and you know you can hear them I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and guess that this is Steven asking these questions about how you know like hey are, are you okay you know we can stop if you want to um, but you know the other person you know I'm assuming Connie says no 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 it's it's fine you know this is you know it's okay um, and, and that and again that that's a very very important lesson um, even if it's not like the real highlight, well, I mean, I guess it is kind of a highlight um, because he kind of gets played out later on too at the warehouse with Kevin, mm-hmm. um, with him being pushy despite uh, Savani's constant like rejections. Like, hey, listen, I don't want to dance. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be alone. Want to be by myself. Yeah. Um, but again, that's another like very important thing, uh, and making sure that they're both okay with what's going on and, and their experience as Stevani. Yeah. And the other thing is a, a metaphor for the whole donuts thing is that both at the Stevani level and at the sort of Stephen and Connie relationship level, they became a unit, right? And this is the same when certain relationships form and like, at first, Stevani has a lot of fun being themselves. Like, Stevani goes to the beach and she enjoys the water. And then when she gets donuts, she wants Steven to eat the donut and for um, Connie to eat the donut um, individually, right? And so this is a sort of moment when in a relationship, um, you can feel that you start losing each other's like individuality and voice as the relationship becomes in a unit. And that can be very uncomfortable. And it's very important in that moment f- that, you know, they ask themselves, like, is this okay? Is it okay if we continue? If you feel uncomfortable, we can always like, um, you know, take a break and like, work on ourselves. And I think that's something very wholesome and very nice about Stevani. I would have to wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about Stevani, uh, with Stevani? <sighs> I'm, I'm sure you probably have a, a lot of, yeah. of stuff, but I mean, I we did love, cover quite a bit. I love how... Two children learned how to have an adult relationship better than most adults in like 11 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Less than because the first like two minutes are um, Steven and the Gems. So it's like nine minutes and they already highlight how a relationship should be. And adults can't handle this shit. <laughs> yeah. Kind of after this. Can't, man. I can't. 
also, um, <laughs> I think this is a very important character because Stevani is also a wonderful way to sort of breach the concept of non-binary gender with kids, right? Well, I think this is, well, yes, there's that. And this is the, damn it. No, I can't even say that. Okay, forget it. No, forget everything I was going to say. Rewind and okay, strike it from the record. So when, when um, you know. Because everything I was going to say was spoilers. It was going to be spoilerific and I can't. So okay, not yet. Yes, because you know where I was going to go. Okay. <laughs> oh, we always do. Yeah. Um. Get it. But so it's very important for kids at a certain age to start asking their question of you know what is gender, right? And usually you will have a, a school system and a society which will say it's a very sort of binary thing, like. There are boys and there are girls, and that's pretty much it. And uh, asking that question for for Stevani early on in a kid's life can really change their perspective, right? What is Stevani? Um, is are they a girl? Are they a boy? Or are they something completely different from that? And what does that mean? And uh, that could really breach that conversation so that later in life, it won't be so confusing for them to sort of sit in with the fact that gender is complicated and it's, um, you know, extremely diverse. And we're still finding ways to sort of describe it because it's not as simple as we once thought it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I yeah. You can't say anything to, to top that. I mean, Stevani is the the epitome of like the non-binary way to explain to children like you can be okay with not being a boy, you can be okay with not being a girl, you can be okay with being both. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, or being intersex, right? Yeah, having being born, you know, with um, physical features of both sexes. Mm Hmm. The main point is it's okay to be you. Exactly. Yep. And we celebrate everybody who is. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Happy Pride Month. <laughs> Kevin sucks. <laughs> Kevin we'll, does. We'll suck. talk more about Kevin later, right? Let's not get too into too into Kevin now, because oh boy, can I not wait to roast Kevin? We're gonna have a whole episode of just roasting Kevin. Well, there's there's an, a, a specific episode where we can really take that discussion further. Oh my! That ain't gonna God, be a discussion. It's... We're gonna be lighting the fireplace on this one. This is gonna be a full on roast session. Yes. So there's so many seasons to wait for that. Can I roast Ronaldo though when, in later episodes? Yeah. You already did. I mean, but more. Okay. Just just yes. take every opportunity possible. I will. You know. You already know I will. Okay. <laughs> So um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, no, I think I think we've managed to wrap up Stevani quite nicely with a nice pretty little bow. And there's um, so much I... more to speak about. So if you have anything we think we missed, please let us know. At if you oh sorry, go ahead. <laughs> at everything that Mark will tell you. Oh well, I was gonna say, and if you guys 
uh, for those of you who have, you know, already um, seen the show and you're all caught up uh, with the series and you want to talk, you know, more spoilery stuff, you can do so over on the forums at forum.geektherapy.com. Or if you wanted to have a nice little idle chit chat about Steven Universe, you could do so on our Steven Universe channel uh, over on the Discord at geektherapy.com slash Discord. Both of them have really good spoiler tags. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do have we do have ways to uh, block out spoilers uh, both on the forums and on Discord, so that way you know those of you who have not seen the show um, won't risk getting all the spoilers, all the beautiful, beautiful spoilers. And if you want to talk to us specifically, and for example, tell Cat that obviously Pearl does not know about sex, you can talk, <laughs> you can write to us in Twitter, and our Twitter handles are in the show notes. Yeah, or if you just want to talk to me and we can roast Ronaldo together. Or Kevin. I'm okay with both. <laughs> yeah, so. Don't forget to leave a review. Five stars. Five Always Steven stars. stars. Five Steven stars. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And yes, we will talk to you guys and see you guys in the next episode. Um, and we'll be uh, counting counting it down before the the grand season one finale of Here Comes the Thought. But don't be don't be alarmed. Uh, we still have four more seasons to go. Actually, no, I'm sorry. We still have five seasons to go. I was going to say. There's, 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 there's six seasons so far. We still have five seasons to go. I know I'm tired. What's your excuse? Plus a future musical. Yes, and possibly this, a movie. No, the movie is a musical. Oh, is the movie the musical? Yes. yes. They, said they, they announced it today on June 13th, 2019, that the oh Steven Universe God. movie... It's will a be cat. a musical. You yeah, are I'm completely sorry. out was, of it today. I was, I was in, I was in a hospital all day, so I haven't gotten any news. No, I know it, it's fine. <laughs> Look it, at the Discord in the Steven Universe tab, and I will, for I will. a little bit of joy at the end of your night. I will do that before I go to bed. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode, guys. So, once again, check out all the stuff, leave a review, and uh, yeah, we hope to. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.